is going on everybody we're back with another episode of questionable for sunday as always i'm your host eric erickson joined by the commish what up what's going on what up? oh not much dude i'm hanging out i got my glass of milk uh, i'm ready to, i'm ready to roll um dude i had this crazy crazy thing happen to me at the grocery store today so i go to the new seasons my local new seasons which i love, love new and i go get I go get my Alpenrose because I try to keep it local, and Alpenrose is a Portland brand. It's crazy, too. Alpenrose, man, they actually own a Velodrome um, just outside Portland. Do you know what that is? No idea. A Velodrome is an, uh, is an arena for track cycling. Wow. Like, you ever seen that those YouTube clips of the Olympics, and there's, like, a one-on-one uh, indoor bicycle race, and they're going, like, as slow as possible? Because, like, you have an advantage if you're behind. Uh, I mean, you're, you seem really knowledgeable on this, so keep going. Sure. Well, anyway, so it, that's what it is. It's like this indoor arena for cycling, and I'm pretty sure everyone goes as slow as possible at all times. Pretty silly. But anyway, so I go get my Alpenrose, and I and I was like just looking at it. You know, I was just kind of bored coming after work, and I, I check out the half gallon of whole milk. It has eight grams of fat, but the quart of whole milk has nine grams of fat, which which makes absolutely no sense. There is no reason for the fat content of milk to change based on its volume. That just defies physics. So I'm looking at these two dairy items, and I, I just can't believe it. I'm like, how is it possible that this half gallon of whole milk has lower fat con- fat content than a quart of whole milk? Like it just it blew my mind. So instead of just like you know googling it on the spot or asking someone, uh, you know, I just I know myself. I, I can't just buy a quart of whole milk. Like that's just silly. I'm gonna go through that in a night. So obviously I purchased the half gal, but like I'm just I'm just crazy, man. I'm enjoying my eight grams of fat per serving whole milk, man. I'm having a good time. I mean, saving that extra gram of fat, it's like you know, could be the difference. Yeah, between... but you know, the the war on fat has been going on for too long. Okay, <laughs> let me just tell you that right now, man. Sugar's the real enemy. Fats are good for you. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, with that, we have lots to get to today. Um, we have some new segments we want to get to. It's Connor. Can you believe it? We are one week away from the NFL season opener. I am so excited. Like I, with the whole COVID um, and the quarantine, like I'm just so happy that sports are back, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Like I just, my one thing I'm gonna miss, and I, I'm gonna see if there's spots open. But one of my favorite things to do that I started doing when I was living in Arizona by myself and was like really depressed, I'd always like Sunday morning I'd just go to my local bar, just get a shit ton of wings, and then just like watch all the games. I don't know if I can do that here in Portland, but we'll find out. Probably not, but you know you could just cre- recreate at home. I I'll have to get some wings. Uh, Buffy Wise, I think they deliver. So yeah, but their wings are trash. Come on, man. They put way too much sauce. Like, they overdo it on the sauce. The sauces aren't even good. And at the same time, like, I don't know, the wings themselves are below par. I, I feel like they put so much stock into their boneless, and boneless wings are stupid. They're not even wings of the chicken. They're part of the breast. They're chicken nuggets. It's so ridiculous. I am boycotting Buffalo Wild Wings. Connor with a few hot takes right off the top, so you guys will have to let us know what you think of that. But, uh, you know, we've mentioned it already. One week away from Chiefs vs. Texans Thursday night football to kick off the season. That means we are six days away from the EIG auction draft. Obviously, a lot of excitement building up. Uh, we're gonna and can, be- I, can I just say right off the top, I'm so happy we're drafting the day before the season because if we had drafted last week or even just, you know, yesterday, things have changed. Yeah, a lot has my changed friend. already. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit today. A few things. I'm sure we'll get into more of it as the show goes on. But yeah, six days away from the draft, Wednesday, September 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific time is the auction draft. So make sure you're locked and loaded for that. Um, 
you know. Oh, are we doing a call? We should do like a yeah, like a Zoom call a or something. Call, I think. Uh, yeah, video we'll call. Yeah. I'll have to get Joe to set that up um, there, but I think we'll have that going as well. Um, so make sure you look out for that. I'm sure it'll go be in the Discord. Um, looking back at last podcast, we obviously um, talked about the polls that went up for a couple of rule changes. Um, so decisions were made on those. The extra wide receiver spot was added to the starting lineup, and in a monumental rule change, kickers um, were removed from the EIG. Um, Connor, Crazy. you obviously know my opinion. What was your reaction to seeing the well, vote? Hobie yeah, was yeah. the deciding vote um, mm-hmm. to break open a 5-5 split. Yeah, classic Hovey being the swing vote of the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know. I was, like, really bored the other weekend. So what I did is actually looked up the NFL all-time scoring leaders. Um, number one is this guy named Adam Benateri. Uh, he's a kicker. Uh, number two, uh, Morton Anderson. He's a kicker. Uh, number three, Gary Anderson. Two Andersons. Uh, he's also a kicker. Are, Eric, are you seeing a trend here? Uh, um, number four, Jason Hansen, maybe one of the Hansen brothers, also a kicker. Number five, John Carney. A kicker. So you tell me that the top five all-time scoring leaders are kickers. Kickers are the most scoring position in all of football, and we're not going to have them in the EEIG League for 2020. I'm so glad about it. I was ecstatic. You know, I thought Hovey was just going to just burn me with that swing vote. Um, Spencer with the one vote to revert scoring into the old kicking. Uh, not sure. Not. Sure. I mean. I, I can't say I agree with him. I respect the vote, you know, standing on his own island. But uh, I was glad Hovey ended up making the final call to get rid of kickers. It's a it's a step in the right direction for the EIG. And you know that's just par for the course for Spencer. I've been watching his teams the past couple of years. He is just continuously irrelevant. So I'm just happy that his vote is also irrelevant. You know, Spencer Spencer doesn't he's not a follower. You know, he's always willing to switch things up and uh, and take on some bold strategies. So you got to respect it. True, um, and that is true. So yeah, a few big changes there um, definitely will impact, obviously, the draft moving forward with the extra wide receiver spot as well. Um, obviously, adds another spot to the starting lineup. Um, the, the auction budget doesn't change, so maybe drops player values a little bit. So kind of have to see how that shakes out, um, given the additional um, roster spot. Um, we wanted to get an update on Tristan, his last place punishment. Um, the Questionable Sunday podcast reached out to Tristan's representatives today to get a comment and um they declined to comment on the status of the of the music or the song and potentially music video um, disappointing obviously we're we're a week away from the kickoff so i i, I mean in my mind he he should have it in by the time the, the texans and chiefs kick off do you think the same uh, I absolutely think the same as someone who had to put myself through a last place punishment last year, which, by the way, was the first time we ever had one. And we didn't even discuss a punishment until I was procrastinating enough that it warranted that discussion. I'm saying I put myself out there. OK, you know, I developed a persona. I went by the letter of the law. I followed the rules. I posted those Instagram pictures. And on top of that, I made a complete idiot of myself at multiple bars in vancouver washington in front of many strangers for everyone's enjoyment i think that i served my punishment like a stud and i'm waiting for tristan to do the same and so i I mean i want to hear what you have to say on his penalty if he does not complete his punishment by the time um, opening kickoff on thursday you know that's a that's a tough question because i think that there what the original we talked about it last year i was going to get minus points um every game until i posted 
Fortunately for me, I posted it before the first game, so that didn't actually come to fruition. The feedback I received from literally everyone in the league was that punishment was bullshit and it should be much harsher. So um, I haven't really thought about how we're going to actually punish Tristan because, to be honest, I believe in the guy. Not only is he creative, but he's pretty good looking. Okay, and good looking people do well in society, and they're very good singers. Okay, I don't know a single ugly singer besides that one person who was on American Idol like forever ago. Don't even remember her name. Doesn't even Susan matter. Maybe it was America's Got Talent. Yeah, what was that girl's name? Susan yeah, yeah. Bell. I don't watch television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Google it. Don't crowd the book by its cover, Connor. Yeah, you know, but she was old anyway, so there was no expectation for her to be attractive. She, she could have been cuter when she was younger. Like we don't even know. Like show me a young Susan Boyle image, and I will show you Tristan's music video. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we should, uh, you know, put this out to the crowd in the discord make sure you give us your thoughts on what tristan's last place punishment should be um if he doesn't have it completed by the time the texans and chiefs kick off so again let us know in the discord what you think and uh you know hey connor open it up he said make it harsh so so anything's on the board um we have some nfl news to get to before we jump into our segments today um i think it was completed today but i think the news was announced yesterday mm -hmm. leonard fournette he obviously was released by the jags um on monday or tuesday and uh, he signed with Tampa Bay today, officially. Um, Connor, what was your reaction to one seeing Fournette released by the Jags and then mm -hmm. signing with the Bucks? Well, when I saw that he was released, um, I was a little shocked. I mean, I I don't really watch Jags games. Uh, I would say uh, not a lot of people do outside of uh, Western Florida, but. What I do know is that he's always scored very highly in fantasy, and he's burned a couple. Uh, I think he burned a couple people. What was it two years ago? He was injured, and I think last year he was still pretty reasonable. But that's kind of how everyone knows him. Everyone knows him as a high-scoring fantasy running back. He was a top pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I believe the fourth overall pick, 2017, which was a star-studded draft. You count Mitch Trubisky at number two. Um, I mean, it's just kind of a little bit of a shock, but at the same time, what I've seen is that he actually isn't that good anymore. He's had a couple injuries. He's get, you know, that's the problem with running backs in the NFL. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to lose a lot of that agility based off of injuries you take a lot of pounding. And the moment you lose that, all of a sudden you go from someone who can juke a guy to someone who can't, and if you can't, then you're screwed. But on top of that, I was actually, my, my gut reaction to him signing with Tampa Bay was that, oh my God, that's going to kill Todd Gurley's value. Because I totally thought that Todd Gurley was on the Bucks. He's actually on the Falcons. So I, I don't know where I am, you know, mentally. I don't think I'm really ready for the NFL season. This is probably good news for everyone listening who is in the league. Say, oh, Connor actually thought that Todd Gurley was on the Bucks. This guy, we're, we're going to kill him this year. So I don't know, man. I think I just got to rest a little bit more, maybe drink some more milk, and I'll, I'll figure myself out. Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows you where Connor's at six days before the draft. Not even sure where all the players are at. Um you know, maybe he'll have to think about a last place punishment again this year. But uh, I guess my take on the whole situation, seeing him releasing the Jags, a little bit of a surprise. But when you look at the Jags and kind of their outlook as a team, not a huge shocker. He's on the last year of his deal. They're not going to want to pay him and extend him. Um, I think they would have owed him like four or five million this year. So they just cut him to kind of save that space. The Jags are going to be in contention for the number one pick this year. They're going to be pretty terrible. So I don't think Leonard Fournette was part of their long term plan. So they just decided to get rid of him. Uh, signing with the Bucks, a little bit of a shock, but um, you know, obviously they're going for it all. They're trying to get as much talent as they can. Tom Brady's 43 years old, or however old he is. Um, their window is small, so they're going to try to get as much talent as they can. Um, I kind of like Ronald Jones as a running back this year, just, uh, as far as where he was being drafted. Um, 
and now I don't know. I don't know where I would rank Fournette. I don't know where I would drop Jones down to. Um, have you thought about either of those? Dude, it's actually – I have. Um, I, no joke, I was actually on the Ronald Jones train as well. I just uh, – knowing that Tom Brady uh, – there's no way a guy who's that old doesn't have a noodle arm. Got to throw it to the running back. But I think that with the addition of Leonard Fournette, Fournette's going to get his carries, and I think he's definitely going to get the goal line work. So he might be a good flex option, but I think Ronald Jones' hype train of being an RB2, I think they're both going to be flex options. So a yeah. little sad to see there because I was kind of hyped up about Ronald uh, just because of his name, but it's fine. And uh, one more piece of NFL news today. Josh Gordon signed today with the Seahawks. Um, obviously kind of a fan favorite. Um, honestly, to me, I don't see any fantasy relevance for Josh Gordon. I don't, I me neither. I don't see myself really picking him up or starting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see too much fantasy relevance for this one. But, uh, you know, a lot of people love Josh Gordon. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him drafted. But um, it won't be by me. I know that you don't watch a whole lot of Seahawks games. Unfortunately, I do. I would say that last year when they used them, um, when they when the very in lim- very limited context, it seemed like he was playing a lot in the slot and was over the middle a lot. I don't know if that's if he's lost a step because you know he's actually. I think he was drafted like six years ago or seven years ago. I mean, it's been a while. Um, but I, I just with with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I and I just don't see him being that relevant in fantasy. Maybe as like a flyer. Like, oh, I have to start someone, especially now that we have three wide receivers. And, oh, maybe he got a touchdown, so he gets you 10 points. But it's just going to be really tough to, to predict that. And so I'm probably not going to touch him at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him um, as far as fantasy outlook this season. Um, before – actually, not before anything. We're going to look at the draft today. Today's podcast is all about the draft. Um, it is, this is the draft cast. The draft cast. I like it. Um, first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at the very first EIG auction. Oh, Jesus. Auction. Looking back as our segment. Can we not actually? Can we Can we just move on? <laughs> Taking a look at some of the highlights okay. of last year's draft. And I got plenty of them, so I'm going to go through it. Um, I mean, for, let's start with the first player off the board, Saquon Barkley, drafted by Curtis for $70. And, uh, a question for you, Eric. Let's see if you pay attention. Uh, who is the uh, what member of the league uh, elected Saquon Barkley? Jerry. That's correct. Well done. That's a good trivia question in three years. <laughs> and uh, you know the RB one obviously ended up being Christian McCaffrey. He was selected by Connor. So yeah, boy. For sixty. Uh, by the way. You- um, in this the show sheet, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, we have a little show sheet we go by. Uh, Eric, you did actually misspell McCaffrey's last name. You only put one C. You put M-C-A to the M-C-C-A. As someone whose last name starts with M-C-C, how dare you? I mean, whatever. It's not no big deal. No one knows about the show sheet. There's a little red line under his last name, dude. Even Google knows you spelled it wrong. It's fixed now. Um, so Connor, you know, great pick by you, sixty-four dollars for Christian McCaffrey. Obviously that was a worked good. out super well for you. I have to point out though, also looking at your team from last year, you also spent fifty-four dollars on Juju Smith-Schuster, um, who finished with just ninety-two point two fantasy points. I know you were real high on Juju going into the season. I mean, your thoughts on on what ended up happening with him? 
Sure. Well, I uh, just want to clarify really quickly a uh, point of order. Uh, I actually drafted Juju for $42, not 54 Get your facts right, Eric. If you're going to come for the king, you best not miss. And on top of that, I'd like to remind everyone here that Eric drafted David Johnson for $52, who ended as the RB38 and is barely rosterable anymore. So who who don't even cares about Juju? I mean, for 42 that's peanuts compared to 54 Sorry, 52 for David Johnson. I don't really mind. You know, it was okay. I mean, through the first, like, eight weeks, David Johnson was, like, a top five running back. So, at least he gave me that. But, I mean. So, okay, top five running back, first eight weeks. Last eight weeks must have been bottom or top 80 because he finished at 38. Someone help me out. Who's a math major? Not Joe. Um, But let's move on. I mean, let's look at our league champion, Jerry. I mean, some crazy value for Jerry late in the draft. Lamar Jackson, top scoring player in the league quarterback one for one dollar darren waller who i think was the number three or number four tight end for one dollar huge value for jerry there obviously uh played a big role in him winning the title but you know jerry had his misses too um daryl henderson the infamous daryl henderson seven dollars curtis samuel for 16 and aj green for 14 yeah, but those aren't bad misses, though. You know, those are those are $15 misses. And Jerry's had great drafts the past couple of years. That guy does his homework, let me tell you that. And, I mean, uh, that I honestly think that we should look into seeing if we can interfere with his Wi-Fi connection during the draft because that will definitely help out everyone else. Yeah, I'm curious to who Jerry has as his late-round values this year because, obviously, he, uh, he knocked him out of the park last year um, with Jackson and Waller there. So I'm sure Jerry will be looking to, you know, get some – He's, he's looking for the sleepers, trying to find that value late in the draft. Obviously, an, a, a huge part of last year's draft was Spencer's immaculate running back strategy. Seven of his first eight picks were running backs, and he spent a combined $181. Um, Spencer did draft Derrick Henry, who finished his RB3 for 25 I know he ended up dealing him um, during the season in a, in a great trade, um, but obviously some pretty nice value there getting the RB3 for 25 bucks. Um, and you know Spencer's strategy obviously left the running back pool very dry for people who weren't you know getting involved early and in, and in, in winning some running backs, and this led to a great duel for Austin Eckler between Hovey and Jordan, and Hovey ended up coming out victorious for twenty eight dollars for Austin Eckler, which ended up being a great pick as Eckler finished as RB six. Um, Connor, what do you remember from that moment of them two like going back and forth for Eckler, not sure who was going to stop first? Obviously, both of them were looking for their first running back at that point. Um, what do you remember from that moment? I remember uh, being very confused because I didn't understand what was happening at the time. Uh, and that's very clear by the fact that I never even had an RB2 on my team for the first like seven weeks last year. Uh, but at, once I did realize it, not only did I was like, wow, this is actually awesome how we're seeing this like bidding war for at the time was kind of like a, you know, an RB three or four. I mean, Austin Eckler, I mean, I shouldn't say three or four, but Austin Eckler, no one knew he was going to be that good last year. Like people thought he was going to be relevant in fantasy, but not finishing as a top six running back. So that was kind of funny. But then I also realized my own mistakes. And so I really didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else. Yeah, for me, you know. I had my running backs early. I spent a lot of money early on. I had three running backs early. So seeing Spencer just nab all these running backs, I mean, they were guys I couldn't even have bid on. So, like, to me, it didn't really matter. And it was ended up being good for me because it obviously dried up the pool for, like, yourself and Hovey and Jordan. Um, 
I'm wondering what you think. Obviously, this year is a little different with COVID, the potential for players to miss games um, maybe more frequently, no preseason, um, less practices, maybe a higher chance for injury. Could you see yourself? I mean, we talked a lot last year. Talk was like, why did Spencer take so many running backs? Do you think this year his strategy might be more viable? I I really don't think that drafting seven running backs is ever viable. But I think that if there if it was ever going to be almost viable, it'd be this year. I think that especially well, you have a couple of different confounding factors. Number one is that obviously COVID, so everyone wants a deeper team. Number two is that each I feel like every year NFL teams are using more and more running back by committees instead of having a bell uh, like a workhorse running back. Yeah. Um, especially like you look back at the early 2000s where it was just like workhorse after workhorse, like it, it was just a different era. And, and, and at the same time, though, we have so much more throwing of the ball and so much throwing two running backs, which makes typical like third down running backs who may ne- not necessarily have scored a lot of points 10 years ago, very relevant. So I definitely think that the running back pool is deep but it's not that uh, tall or whatever. Like there's not as many stellar picks as there used to be. So, I, but at the same time though, as we have added another uh, wide receiver slot, I think that that's going to make it even more difficult for people on top of the fact that we didn't add any budget to the uh, auction. So that's going to be unusual. I think that if anyone's going to draft a lot of running backs, it's definitely going to be Spencer. Uh, but I think overall there'll be a ton of running backs off the board early this year. For sure. It'd be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention one thing, though. So I know we're talking about Hovey, how Hovey was able to pick up Eckler, which was actually a great play by Hovey. Um, and I had and seen that we were going to talk about the draft. So actually, I went back to some of the, uh, the – I was looking at the older draft, and I kind of noticed something. And I thought that was kind of unusual. So I started looking farther and farther back into the league. And some of you may not have realized this, but last year, Hovey's team name, which can I, I want to give him credit. It was a solid team name, was Hovey's Heroes, a play on Hogan's Heroes. Um, and, you know, Hovey, Hogan, I mean, they're very similar, and it's his name. I love it. His picture is of Aaron Rodgers as Mr. Rodgers. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but okay. I go back last year. His team name, Corn on the Cob for Randall Cobb. Makes sense. Classic name. Pretty sure I had that great uh, that name uh, in our UW Football League, for those of you who were at the uh, – the, the house back at UW in like sure 2011. I, I was like, in I actually, grade I think, fantasy football. yeah, I, I put like a, I literally took a corner of the cob and I like took it in paint and had like Randall's cop's face on it. So anyways, Hovey's team named corner of the cob has a picture of Aaron Rodgers as Mr. Rodgers. That's kind of weird. Uh, I go back to 2017. ESPN doesn't show me any data. That's even weirder. That, did 2017 not happen? I don't know. I go back to 2016. What was Hovey's team name? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and he had the exact same picture. <laughs> Hovey has been using the same picture for his team for the last four years. It must stop. All right, hashtag change Hovey's picture. Uh, make sure you spam it in Discord and uh, get him on top of it. Hopefully he's listening. Um, last... I mean, to be honest, like I I actually think – I mean, it's it's almost – it's like his ability – okay, let me, let me put it this way. His creativity is lacking – or his uh, pr- productivity is also lacking, which goes in line with his lack of uh, usage of his fab budget during the regular season. <laughs> Damn, Connor's beating a dead horse already. Podcast two. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see uh, when we check back in next week what uh, what Hovey went with. But um, oh, uh, let me tell you this, man. If I know Hovey, he's never gonna change it now. Yeah, now <laughs> he's gonna change. keep it just to spite me. And you know what? It is gonna bother me, and I will think about it in the future. 
And uh, one last note here on the on last year's draft. So eventual toilet bowl runner-up Curtis drafted three quarterbacks, but he did steal Russell Wilson for two dollars. So some nice value there. And let's not forget our toilet bowl champion Tristan, who earned Patriots D through auto draft. Uh, Patriots D for a dollar. Genius. Patriots D scored 53 more points Shout out. than the second highest scoring defense, which was the Steelers. Uh, Patriots D also outscored players such as Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. Patriots D would have finished as the tight end one, wide receiver three, and RB nine. That's the top scoring tight end, the third highest scoring wide receiver, and the ninth highest scoring running back. Uh, even Steelers D, who finished second, as I mentioned earlier, would have finished in the top 25 at running back and wide receiver and as the fifth best tight end. Um, Connor, I got to ask, are we sure we want to keep defenses in the lineup? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Even more so. I love the fact that not only did Tristan stumble into the best defense, one of the best fantasy defenses of all time, but I, I love the fact even more that the fact because his team was such garbage still. Yeah, I think that's a more impressive feat that he had like this historic defense uh, fantasy scoring wise and still finished in last place. Um, but hey, he, he's, he's a great singer, so um, it'll all be worth it. Actually, we don't know that. We'll find out. We just, I mean, it's really just a theory at this point. So before we move into our next segment here, I got a surprise in the show sheet. Uh, Connor says he has a huge announcement that I have no clue about. So uh, the floor is yours, Connor. True. Yeah, no, this is, dude, this is so good. So um, when I uh, when I drove from uh, Arizona to back to the Pacific Northwest last year, I downloaded a bunch of podcasts and I've been told by my buddy, Andy Hilsenkoff, shout out a Hilson 92 till I die. What up? Uh, he kind of a long time ago is like, Hey, you got to check out this podcast. It's hilarious. It's called pardon my take. And you know, back then, I think this was like a couple years ago. I really wasn't into podcasts and I, and I, and I put it on cause you know, he's one of my boys and I just couldn't get into it, you know? And, and at this looking back, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind to listen to that podcast, but I did remember that he mentioned it. So I, I downloaded a couple of them and no joke, like just outside of Flagstaff, I was completely hooked. So I listened to that podcast and now that I, I drive a lot more for work, because uh, I live like 30 minutes away. I listen to that podcast pretty regularly. I mean, uh, PFT Commentator is, one, I think, one of the funniest people in the world. I mean, he the stuff he says in like as passing jokes that no one laughs at are funnier than the, some of the things that I've said in my life that pe- everyone laughed at. Like, he's just, he's just, he's insane. Big Cats is pretty solid too. So anyways, I was listening to part of my take. The This is actually the, uh, the podcast from Sunday. They had Kevin Love on. Kevin Love, who uh, grew up, um, in Oregon, quick shout out. Lake Oswego. Um, Lake O, Lake O. Yeah, if anyone wants to know where the rich kids live, it's Lake O, okay? <laughs> um, L-O, they actually have their little thing, L-O. It's ridiculous. Anyways, so they're, uh, you know, and they have these advertisements on part of my take. And I'm driving to work on Monday. And I'm, because, you know, I still have to go into the office sometimes. I work in like a lab, so I can't do it from home. Anyways, so I'm driving into work. And no joke, they have an advertisement for a bidet. <laughs> I shit you not. And I just want to say a couple things, okay? Number one is that imitation is the highest form of flattery, okay? I was so proud of the Questionable for Sunday podcast when Pardon My Tank had an advertisement for a bidet. I was like, that is insane, you know? And I understand, you know, they're writing in our wake, you know? And yeah, maybe they saw that they were falling behind the Questionable for Sunday podcast 
on originality, you know? But I think they'll catch up. They're doing just fine out there. But the one thing I did notice is that even though we got to the bidet advertisements first, they still have 556, 100,000 more Twitter followers than we do. And we have seven. So please go follow us on Twitter. And go, And if you listen to the Kevin Love podcast from Sunday, you will hear a bidet advertisement. I shit you not. Shout out, Badonk Bidet. Shout out, Badonk Bidet. Uh, our next segment is called Top or Bottom. Connor, which do you prefer? Oh, everyone knows I'm a bottom. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. What? All right. And that does it for this week's segment of Top or Bottom. <laughs> uh, actually, we're going to do some over-unders on the draft here. First of all, uh, first of all, first of all, I just want to clarify: power bottom. Okay, so even though bottom, yeah, I understand. I'm generating more of the power. Okay, I like it. Um, can't say I've been there, but uh, I, I respect it. Uh, we have some over unders we've said about the draft this year that um, we wanted to give our predictions on. And uh, if you if you feel a certain way about any of them, you want to weigh in in the Discord, uh, feel free. Our first one. Over under 1.5 white receivers drafted by AMAC. Um, McCory has obviously been known to roster multiple white receivers during his time in EEIG. Uh, looking back at last year's draft. Well, first of all, everyone rosters multiple wide receivers. Let's I said honest. multiple white receivers. Oh, oh, did you? Yes, I did. Sorry. Hmm. Um, okay. But looking back at last year's draft, he he had two. Adam Thielen for $33. Hunter Renfro for one. I think the year before that, he had Julian Edelman and someone else um there's obviously many options to choose from um cole beasley adam humphreys cooper cup so many options uh, not sure who else i'm missing out on um but an Connor, unlimited amount of options I'll, I'll give it to you first over under 1.5 what are you taking well i'm just gonna say that i actually did draft cole beasley last year um i think i got him for two or three dollars and i believe mccory actually was the first bid on that um, he didn't send me a post-draft hate text, but I guarantee you he thought about it. I'm taking the over. I think 1.5 is way too low. I would have put this at 2.5. Dude, everyone loves McCory. Everyone knows McCory loves his white wide receivers. Exactly. I think I'm going over as well. I mean, I think that it's been pretty standard for him to go with two. Um, I'm curious to see who, who he targets this year. Um, but yeah, McCoy loves his white wide receivers. He's to be honest, though, I mean, the one thing that's going against him, I feel like the white wide receivers, all four of them in the NFL, they're actually all like pretty fantasy relevant this year, especially since Cole Beasley was, I mean, he actually had a really good year for where he was drafted slash auction paid for last year. I think that people are going to be going for those white receiver, those white wide receivers that you mentioned before, you know, like the three of them that you did. Yeah. Um, I think McCoy will probably get all of them. I like it. Um, Moving on to our next over-under, we have over-under $170 spent by Spencer on running backs. We mentioned earlier he spent $181 on running backs. Seven of his first eight picks were running backs. I'll start with this one. I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go under. Um, I, I, I got to say I wouldn't be surprised if Spencer went repeat performance and kind of went with the same strategy he did last year. Um, obviously, the strategy – ultimately it didn't work out for him he finished outside of the top six didn't make the playoffs so maybe he tones it down just a bit this year as maybe in like that 130 140 maybe up to like 150 range so i'm going under uh i am 100 percent going under not because i don't think spencer is capable i definitely think he's capable spencer is an innovator okay he's just like he's just like james clerk maxwell okay the guy just comes up with things out of nowhere that drastically change the landscape of everyone around him 
I think if Spencer is going to do anything like that this year, he's not going to repeat the same strategy. Okay, I think he's gonna, he's not going to double dip. Okay, he's too smart for that. Spencer's going to find a new angle. Obviously, he's going to innovate again. I, I, who knows, man? Maybe he'll take eight quarterbacks. Maybe it'll be eleven wide receivers. I don't know what it is. I don't even want to guess. But I, I'll tell you one thing though: is I'm going to be watching who he takes, and I'm going to make sure that I'm aware of his strategy. <laughs> yeah, got to make sure you follow that strategy. Got to be ahead of the of the curve that he that he dropped. So. Um... Looks like Connor put in a little bit of a troll one here. Over under $69 spent on Patriots defense. Um, what do you think, Eric? I mean, Patriots defense have already had multiple players opt out of this season due to COVID. Um, you know, I, I'm not even a draft in the defense, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I think I'm going to go under on this one. It's pretty, it's pretty tough to pick, but I'm going under. Uh, well, then I'll take the over, you know. I mean, just like you just said, they outscored Drew Brees. They outscored Alvin Kamara. They were the best player on the worst team in the league last year. Honestly, $69 it is even close, man. I would spend 420 if I could. I like it. Obviously, you got a lot of value out of Patriots last year, so could be worth could be worth all your budget this year. Um, got a, got a, an interesting one here. Um, over under 1.5 joints smoked by Chris during the draft. Uh, Connor, I'll, I'll give you the first take. On no, this one. no, no, no. Eric, I want you to take the first take on this um, one. You know, I think I'm going to go over. Um, obviously, you know, a snake draft doesn't take too much time, right? Maybe like an hour, hour and a half at most. Auction drafts can kind of, you know, they can they can push the time a little bit. It might be two or three hours. You know, Chris is obviously going to be real nervous. Um, he hasn't made the playoffs in who knows how Ever? many years. Uh, he, I think he's feeling the pressure a little bit, you know. He's got a girlfriend now. She's probably like, "Oh, Chris, how are you doing in fantasy football?" And then every year now, he's he's just like, "Oh, I haven't made the playoffs in ten years," and you know, I think she's really questioning his manhood because of that. So I think Chris is gonna be feeling a little extra nervous during this draft. So I'm taking the over. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I just think it's hilarious that you say Chris has a girlfriend now, it, it, like it, ignoring the fact that he's been dating her for like three years. Love that. Um, did it, obviously, I wanted you to go for first because I already knew the answer. It's the under, dude. Chris doesn't smoke joints anymore. Okay. When he smokes flour, dude, dude, he gets out the fucking bong or who knows, maybe a tsunami or maybe he has a little vape pen he's hitting or smanging on some edibles, bro. Dude, joints, that's so 2012, Eric. I'm taking the under. Okay, maybe the question should be over under times we hear the bubbling of Chris's bong during the draft. Oh, well, 1.5 is too low for that one. Actually, it was so funny. I, uh, you know, I remember multiple times playing games with Chris over, you know, Discord or Skype, and you just, you, all of a sudden, you think he's like a scuba diving. You know, <laughs> you're like, are you underwater right now? Like, what are those bubbles I'm hearing? I want to keep our our ears open for that during the draft. Uh, our next one, over under 0.5 appearances made by Ralph Erickson and Joe's Zoom call. Um, uh, Connor, what are, you, what are you taking? I'm taking the over. I think that Ralph will find a way to get in on the Zoom call. Somehow he's either going to not – does he know Does he know the draft's coming on what day and what time? I'm sure he does. Okay, well, if he knows he's coming, dude. We all better get ready. I'm taking the over. I think I'm going to take the under. I think Joe's going to lay the law down to tell him not to come into whatever room he's drafting from. So I'm taking under. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Ralph took uh, took off the lock to Joe's bedroom many years ago. Yeah, I, I, I can neither uh, confirm or deny that one. Hmm. All right, keep that in mind. Um, our next one, over under five Coors Lights finished by Hobie during the duration of the draft. Um, I think I'm going to take the over. You know, Hobie's never been shy to crack open a few cold ones. 
Um, I think in you know previous drafts, uh, he's you know we always hear that sound of him cracking open the Coors Light. Um, he likes to get the juices flowing, um, get some of that that Coors Light in him, that that Rocky Mountain water um, going over. I am also going over. Um, I'm pretty sure that no one's ever had five or less Coors Light in one sitting. There's a reason they come in six packs. Exactly. Our last one here for over under, over under $70 spent on McCaffrey. Um, 70 was obviously the number spent on Saquon last year, the highest pick. Connor, what are you taking here? Dude, I was so sad when I saw that you you put this on here. I mean, first of all, everyone knows McCaffrey is one of my guys, you know, Uh, which doesn't really make any sense because I'm pretty sure he's everyone's guy at this point. But, you know, I think that before we made the wide receiver change where we added a starting slot, I would have said yes. I think he was probably going to go for like 71, 72, um, because I think that what he showed last year is that he's, you know, clear and above the best running back in the league. With the addition of an extra starting slot, especially when it's a wide receiver, I think he'll go below 70. Um, I, I think that that's going to mix up the auction draft a lot this year because people maybe are going to uh, spend too much early and realize they actually need way more players late. So I think overall, everyone's going to spend a little less on every single person. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I think you hit it right. I think you're right, right on the head. I'm going under as well with the new auction or the new wide receiver spot. It kind of drops the values of everyone. Um, I don't know if I would have spent personally over gone over 70 for McCaffrey even before the change, um, but I think even more so now. Um, maybe safe to say under. I think I think he might have gone over beforehand. I, I I agree with you. That's 72, 73, 74. I think someone probably would have gone for it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Now we'll have to see. Uh, our next segment here is called Coming Out of the Closet. It's uh, Connor and mine's bold predictions for the season. Um, Connor, I'll start with you. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I thought I thought this was a segment on uh, predictions on Aaron Rodgers' performance this year, so I'm a little unprepared. Um, okay, my bold prediction, I got two of them this year. Um, looking at the quarterback scene that we have in the 2020 NFL season, I think that Joe Burrow will finish as a QB1. Now, hear me out, okay? Number one, why, reasons why I think this, okay? He is a little bit older than most other rookies in the league, okay? So he has a lot of that experience. I mean, he doesn't have that much college experience, but he's mature, okay? Probably reads books in his free time. He's probably not on his parents' cell phone plan anymore, right? Um, although I am, which is so shitty. Like, I do it because it's cheaper, but then all of a sudden I get this email today saying that even though that there's 17 days left in this month, whatever the fuck that means, I'm at 25% of my data. It's Anyways, I think he'll finish QB1 for another reason is that his coach is Stacy. I want to say Stacy. Well, who's the Cincinnati Bengals coach? It was the guy who was under um, McVay for a little while. I think he's kind of like this up and coming offensive guru early. That's like the thought process that the Bengals had when they hired him. And I think that they just gave Joe Mixon a shit ton of money. They might actually have a def- decent offense this year. I think if that's true, he will definitely be a QB1. What do you think about that, Eric? I, I like it a lot. I like Joe Burrow this year. Um... Like you said, he's he is a rookie, but he, um, you look at his age probably compared to some other quarterbacks. Um, he's a little bit older. He's obviously coming into an offense, like you said, with a lot of weapons. Joe Mixon, you mentioned, um, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, uh, John Ross potentially, T Higgins. Um, he obviously had one of the greatest college seasons ever last year at LSU, so he's got the talent. Uh, I like Burrow a lot this year, especially where he's being drafted uh, kind of late in the draft. I just want to say that Joe Burrow will turn 24 on December 10th of this year. 
Yeah, so exactly. He's probably he's older than like Kyler Murray and probably like Daniel Jones and some of those other guys. Uh, Connor, give us your your second bold prediction here. So my other one, um, that was a little tough because I think uh, you know there aren't that many options at tight end, and I think that people, you know, this guy has been a target hog the past couple years. Um, but unfortunately for him, Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. I also think that they, they drafted Jalen Rager. It's going to take a couple, uh, different or take some targets away from a man, Zach Ertz. And overall, I mean, he is getting a little older. So, um, and you know, and at the same time, he's the second most famous Ertz in his family. So I think that Zach Ertz will finish outside the top eight at tight end. Uh, I, I like this one too. Um, there's obviously, there's a ton of sleeper candidates at tight end this year. I don't want to you know give away my draft strategy so i won't name them but lots of guys potentially um, primed for breakout seasons at tight end i would say the one thing that worries me is that philly doesn't really have anyone to throw the ball to you mentioned rager i believe he's already uh, been injured i think there are other receivers like deshaun jackson i mean last year they were like picking guys off the street at the end of the year like greg ward um it's like Ertz and goddard and then maybe whoever comes out of that receiver room that's the only thing that worries me, but I do like your call here of him finishing outside the top eight. Well, actually, you make a good point, too. I didn't even mention it, but the, the emergence of Goddard, who is a cheaper version of Ertz, that's going to eat into his targets. And then looking at last year, they literally had no wide receivers, or they had such little wide receivers, I should say, that we were looking at, at Ertz at his ceiling. So um, I think that he might have a little bit of a down year this year, and that's my hot take. I like it. I like it. All right, my bold predictions. My first one is that Dak Prescott will finish as the highest scoring quarterback, so QB1. Um, you know, obviously, Mahomes. I mean, this isn't super oh, easy. Oh, the QB1. Yeah, it's the QB1, not Whoa. a QB1. Um, you know, it's not maybe not too crazy based. Like, I think Dak's ADP among quarterbacks is, like, QB3, but obviously Mahomes and Lamar are, like, you know, in a tier of their own. Um, I could maybe see Lamar dropping a bit this year, less rushing. Um Mahomes, Mahomes is maybe probably the favorite. I would say to finish as the top quarterback, so you have to overcome him. But you know, Dallas is a high-powered offense. Um, great receivers: Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. They add C.D. Lamb in the draft. Blake Jarwin at tight end. Obviously, Zeke can do it on the ground, but also as a pass catcher, they were a great offense last year. I think they could maybe take a, a additional step up this year. Dak's obviously got the potential with his legs as well to do some damage there. So. Um, I like Dak a lot this year. Um, I have high hopes for him. Uh, my second one, I'm really, I'm, I'm going real bold here. I don't know how much I believe this, but I'm saying Christian McCaffrey will finish outside the top five at running back. Um, obviously, health, you know, anything could happen, uh, but I don't want to predict that. But uh, you know, I, I heard a stat the other day is that uh, Christian McCaffrey played 98% of the Panthers' snaps last year. Um, you know. Could you even name his backup? Uh, Fozzie Whitaker. <laughs> that is wrong. It's uh, Reggie Bonifin. Um, ex- but exactly, you don't even know who that is because McCaffrey was always out there. I think with the new coaching staff, they just gave him this huge deal, this huge extension for four years. I don't think they're going to want to put him out there for 98% of the snaps. Like They want this guy to last through that four-year yeah. extension. So I think maybe the snap count comes down a little bit. Um, obviously teams are going to be like totally honed in on stopping him. Um, so I'm maybe predicting some drop for McCaffrey this year. 
Um, yeah, that's crazy. 98% of all snap counts. Like, I didn't realize. I didn't see him on defense at all, but that's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, at that, I mean, at that point, he might as well have been playing defense. But uh, those are our two bold predictions this year. Obviously, most of you probably don't give a shit because you don't think Connor and I know anything anyway. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Well, they know that. that I know because I ha- I consistently am in the top echelon of wins every year. So they know I have something to say. Anyways, um, we'll circle back on these predictions, you know, probably a few times during the year. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast here with one last segment. It's called Would You Rather. We're just going to, you know, give some scenarios out and uh, give our takes as far as drafting. Um, our first one has to do with tight end. Um, would you rather have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle as your tight end? Let's say you had to draft one of the two. Which one are you taking? I would. That's tough, though, because I really I feel like um, if you look at where they're ranked, Kelsey is above Kittle. Personally, I like Kittle better than where he's ranked, um, but I would probably still take Kelsey. If I had to choose, if they're both going for, let's say, 20 bucks in our league, and I was like, well, I can get Kittle for 20 bucks or Kelsey for 20 bucks, I think I'm taking Kelsey. And I think that, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think that's my opinion, yeah, actually. I, I like I like Kittle this year. I think Kittle's going to finish as the top tight end this year. Um, the top? QB1, uh, TE1? TE1, yeah. You should have added that to your coming out of the closet segment. <laughs> But I don't think that's that's super bold because he's right, you know, right next to Kelsey. Um, I think both of them are in for uh, a boost in touchdowns this year. I think both neither of them caught a lot of touchdowns last year. I think Kittle with um, sort of similar to Ertz is like the forty nine. Jimmy Garoppolo has like no one to throw to. Um, the wide receivers are pretty banged up for the forty ers and not that the forty ers pass a ton, but when they do, Garoppolo's obviously going to be looking at Kittle. And I just think he's in for a big year this year. Um, our next question, would you rather, has to deal with quarterbacks. Um, kind of about draft strategy here. So would you rather spend for a QB early, such as like Mahomes or Lamar? Look for kind of that middle tier, Dak, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, or wait till like late in the draft, try to pick up a QB for a dollar. Connor, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Did you add uh, Josh Allen to the middle tier because he's your doppelganger? Exactly. Exactly. I'm a- makes sense um i would probably to be honest that's it this is i think a really tough question probably the toughest question you've had on the show sheet yet um everything else seemed like pretty uh 10 ply if you ask me but i think when i look at the quarterback scene as a whole you have mahones and lamar who are gonna finish like top two you know 95 percent of the time and on, on top of that lamar is basically a running back at the same time i mean the best player to have in fantasy but at the same time, you know, you're going to have to spend a pretty penny to get him. You look at some of the, the weight for QBs, you know, like some of the guys who are kind of late. You know, maybe you can get them for a dollar like, like you know, maybe Drew Brees or Matt Ryan. And, you know, I don't know. They're all kind of old or, you know, they're bad or, you know, maybe they're uh, streaky. I think that though this year it's going to be the rise of like the, the middle class, you know. We're looking at – I think Kyler Murray is a great pickup. Josh Allen's a pretty decent pickup. You know, Dak could be pretty solid. But at the same time, everyone's going to be spending so much on running backs and wide receivers and possibly for Mahomes and Lamar that I think that the middle tier is actually going to be a little bit depressed in price. So that's going to be where you're going to find value, and I think that's what I would rather do. Um, and I may do it next Wednesday. Yeah, I think you maybe kind of hit on the nail again. Normally I would say I like to wait on a QB. I mean, obviously last year – Mitch Trubisky for a dollar that worked out great for me but uh I I like a lot of these guys in the middle tier this year and you know like you said depending on the budget people have some of those guys could go for less maybe than they should um 
I don't know how much I could see myself spending on Mahomes or Lamar. I think Mahomes was the highest uh, scoring running back for the highest. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You 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 actually bid for <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky last year? I, I did, I did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, all uh, right. Mahomes you realize was... that you're Eric. You gotta understand, dude. Every time you make such a foolish error in the league, it reflects poorly on the questionable for Sunday podcast. Uh, okay. All right, but anyways, just remember I made the championship game even though I bid a dollar on Mr. Whiskey. Yeah, but let's just keep in mind I would have won the championship game um, had Rashad Penny not um, torn his ACL on his second touch for scrimmage. That's what okay. you get for trusting Rashad Penny. Anyways, but uh, I was talking about Patrick Mahomes. He was the highest. Um, he went for the most of any quarterback last year. Chris um, spent $16 on him. Which to my mind, in my mind, seems a little low for the top quarterback. I think I could see Mahomes and Lamar maybe going for more than that this year, um, but we'll see on Wednesday. But I like what you said about kind of funds being suppressed and maybe those middle tier guys um, getting some good value there. Um, our next quarter question, which you rather, has to do with a few quarterbacks, a few running backs, excuse me, who are going through some contract disputes right now that's dalvin cook or alvin kamar if you had to have one which would you pick and why god dude that's it's so tough because um i actually had dalvin cook in a different league last year and he was so good i mean he was just so consistent and gets so many touchdowns and but at the same time though i think he overperformed and alvin kamara underperformed last year um and coming out that maybe he wants more money i think that the saints are gonna have to pay him i mean they're they're their window to win a Super Bowl is closing um, due to Drew Brees' age. They're going to have to just pay Alvin Kamara. Um, I think this year, I would probably rather have Kamara, to be honest. I think he had a little bit of a down year. People are going to like forget that. Um, and maybe you know he won't go for n- the price that he should in the auction draft. So you may find some value there while Dalvin Cook, who had a great year last year, and has – let's keep in mind, he does have injury concerns. This guy tore his ACL two years ago and missed whole, the whole year. And his backup looks pretty good at Alexander Madison. So I think he might be drafted for too much, and I'd pr- probably rather have Kamara. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Kamara as well. Obviously, he's kind of been ranked higher the whole time. They're kind of in that same tier, though. Um Ultimately, I think both guys end up on the field week one. I'm not super concerned, but um, Connor, for yourself, like if it comes to the auction, if it comes to next Wednesday and kind of the situation is still unclear uh, regarding the status of these two guys, uh, would you feel comfortable bidding on either of them? And like how high would you be willing to go? Because I think, you know, if both of these guys had contracts, they would probably both go over $50, I'd say is, is reasonable. They be in that 50 to 60 range maybe um mm-hmm. where would you feel comfortable in making a bid on either one of these guys you know both of them are so fucking good and they score so many goddamn fantasy points and they're both in pretty decent offenses i'm not going to call the vikings a high powered i'll call the saints a high powered though i think that you're going to spend that for either of them no matter what i just think that with the the landscape of running backs this year how there's not a whole lot at the top, and the guys who are at the top are, are score a ton of points. You're gonna have to shell a pretty penny to get someone, and both of them are gonna be going for fifty bucks. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think ultimately, I think maybe by next week the situation could be more clear. But I'm curious to see if it's still, you know, up in the air what what happens with those two guys. Um, our last one here. Um, I'll start with this one: Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about Mike Evans out of training camp, like his connection with Tom Brady. Uh, the only thing that worries me about Evans is that he's known most for like his deep ball his catches, his deep big play potential. And uh, seeing Brady last year, I, don't, I would say the deep ball is definitely not his strength. Um, Godwin, I also have some concerns. He A lot of his work out of the slot last year seems like this year he'll be playing a little bit more on the outside. Seems like they have some other slot receivers they're going to use instead of him. So I'm curious to see how if his production translates. Um, I think maybe because he's a little cheaper, I might take Evans in this chance in this situation, but I, I wouldn't feel great about super great about either of them. Wow. You know, actually, it's funny. Um, I was going to make a comment. I thought you were going to choose Chris Godwin here. And I was going to make a comment since we basically agreed for the last three would you rather is that we got to be more like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and just like preemptively decide our argument before the show starts and then take conflicting points of view just to be contrarian. But uh, no, this is uh, this is pretty decent, though. Um, the one thing I think that Mike Evans has going for him is that the guy is a fucking stud. He's got magnets for arms. And Tom Brady, once again, you know, uh, he's at, at that age, like I said, he's he's got a he's got a fucking noodle arm. Okay, I, I don't know how you can have a decent arm when you're over the age of 40 or however god old name Tom Brady is. Um, and Mike Evans can catch balls that shouldn't be thrown, right? We saw that with Jameis Winston almost every Sunday. At the same time, though, Tom Brady does love his small, shifty guys who can, you know, like jump around. You look at Edelman, uh, you look at Danny Amendola. I think Chris Godwin's going to fill that role in like a quasi sense and i think that chris godwin will be the better player to have in fantasy this year just because uh tom brady cannot throw the ball more than 25 yards i like it that does it for would you rather one more thing we've got to mention earlier just to update you guys on before we wrap up the show here uh i'm sure you all remember the the debut of last the new segment on last podcast under fire um where uh, you were supposed to tweet out to Marvin Hall of the Detroit Lions, asking him about dicks or in and out. Um, Connor, I know you tweeted at Marvin a few times, right? Uh, unfortunately, I did uh, tweet at Marvin Hall a couple times. Not only that, um, if I go to my, it's actually what's crazy is that I get notifications if people I follow or I think it's people I follow if they like like something. Is that normal for Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I would say that we – who else? Let's see. I know it looks like uh, you also tweeted at uh, Marvin Hall. I did yeah. not get a response. I also tried to slide into his DMs. I had this like – I made up this like fake uh, Tinder account with like these, this super hot chick. And I was just going to like, you know, start like macking on him and, and, you know, finally get the details on what kind of burgers he likes, if you know what I mean. Uh, but unfortunately, he doesn't allow people to DM on Twitter, which, I mean, maybe he's a good Christian man or he's married. But I feel like if I was an NFL player, bro, I would have every social media available to be pinged at any time. Uh, but unfortunately, he didn't respond. So I'm not really sure where to go from here. I mean, do, does he like dicks? Does he like in and out Or was he offended that we even asked him the question? All I know is that he gave up the stiff arm. And I'm just going to keep harassing him for at least another week. I think we should give him a little bit more time. On top of that, I will say that I did host a poll on Twitter, and it's very clear to me that literally fuck all of you are on Twitter right now. Uh, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make that change. But I posted a poll on which place is better. And uh, Twitter, I didn't realize this. Their polls aren't just like continuous. I you have to set like a time limit. Like it doesn't make any sense. But anyways, so 
Coming in first place of all the people who voted in this poll was Dick's Driving with two votes. In and Out got one vote. So out of my seven followers, almost half of them voted. And more than half of those who voted voted for Dick's. To be honest, though, um, I'm just really hungry now thinking about Dick's and in and out And so I might go get a burger later. Who knows? Um, but I think it was a little unfortunate. I think we harass Marvin Hall. We get everyone in the league to harass Marvin Hall. I think he will be forced to respond. Um, and I, I might as go as far as to find his agent. You know, let's find his representation. They are, they're taking business inquiries. Let's let's pretend that we're fucking a business and we have an inquiry. And let's get the fucking truth out of the guy because I can't sleep until I find out if Marvin Hall likes to go in and out or if he likes dicks. Yeah, I mean, hey, no, maybe Marvin Hall's on cameo. We'll have to check that out too. That is a great point. <laughs> um, but yeah, come on, guys. Only two of our twelve league members tweeting at Marvin Hall. Um, not every everyone's not even on the Twitter yet. Uh, the guys are a little disappointing. Uh, we got to make some moves there, make it happen. Uh, any any last words, Connor, before we wrap up the show? I, I'm just like I'm just getting really hyped about the draft. Um, I, I assume that if we have the draft next Wednesday, we'll probably have a podcast next Thursday to do like a quick wrap up, talk about the you know what happened and stuff. That I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually coming from a different. I have a draft uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then I have two on Wednesday. And actually, I have one at 4 p.m. That's like a family league, and then I have ours at six. So it's it's and you know I haven't done that much research this year. I don't know what's you know like I said Todd Gurley is not on the Bucks, um, he's on the Falcons. So it, who knows what's gonna happen, you know? But the way I see it, you know, is that the the least informed I am, the more ignorant I am. Therefore, the more fun I'm gonna be. Yeah, I mean that's and it's an auction draft. You never know what's gonna happen. Spencer could draft eight running backs or six know, tight ends. Six tight ends, and you know maybe. Curtis will take three kickers this year after taking. Oh no, wait, we don't have kickers anymore. So come on, too soon, dude. Come on, <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, but that's gonna do it for today's episode of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, we'll catch you again next week on Thursday after the draft. Uh, good luck, See ya, boys. Everyone.